0: All right, welcome to Kowalski Analysis, Mr. Alan Parr. How are you
1: today? Hey, I'm doing great, great, uh, glad, glad to be here. Super excited to join you and looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. Uh, I've been very excited for this because as I was
0: getting ready for it, I'm like, you, you can talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, you talk about relationships and you talk about, uh, you know, answer some of the questions that I get a lot on sex, but then you also talk a lot about like end time stuff, which is a, an interest of mine. So, not exactly sure where the conversation is going to go but i know i'm going to enjoy it so
1: yeah really excited to have you awesome same here so
0: so tell me about are you coming in from uh dallas is that where you're at now are you in texas
1: yeah yeah so my wife and i we have two kids and we live in a suburb just north of dallas called mckinney mckinney texas and uh, i've been in dallas for about 20 21 years i came down here in 2000 to attend Dallas Theological Seminary and uh, left my career as an engineer behind in 2000 and i uh, been pursuing a ministry, you know, basically uh, a life in ministry ever since.
0: So do you pastor a church too, or is it most of your ministry done on social media?
1: You know, for years, I was kind of a bivocational uh, minister. I never, ha- I was never a senior pastor um, I've served in a variety of roles as a staff pastor, whether it's a worship pastor, because that was a huge part of my life. Um, I was leading worship and uh, I've done some Christian education stuff. I've done youth ministry. I've, I've done children's ministry. I've done a lot of different ministries, um, but my, my greatest passion is really teaching the word and, yes. and helping to disciple people. And I've never, um, I don't really have a desire at this point to be a senior pastor, Although I, I do do a, quite a bit of speaking outside of YouTube and um, online ministry, but, but my huge focus right now is just really building up the online ministry. I love it. No, I, I, I don't blame you for, you know,
0: not necessarily wanting to pastor, uh, be a lead pastor of a church. I, you're on the opposite end of the spectrum where I think like I have a passion for helping pastors get their message from the pulpit to the phone because it's such a broader audience, you know, like instead of trying to get people into the four walls of your church, you know, like get it onto the phone where so many more people can consume it. I don't know how many times I've sat in church on Sunday and my pastor will just deliver this message. It's just fire. And I'm like, man, I wish my friends were here to hear this. Right. And yeah. and they, and, and he hasn't really mastered how to take it and put it onto the phone. So like far less people consume it. And um, so I love what you're doing, man. I, I really think it's it's needed. You know, it's just, it's the future for, for the gospel and the church. It really is.
1: Yeah. And that's that's what the Lord really laid on my heart some seven years ago. I uh, started this channel in 2015, kind of started the planning for it in 2014. And that really, literally what you just said is really what God put on my heart is that, hey, you know, we can only reach so many people through the local church. Um, but God has gifted us this blessing called the, the world Wide web. And, you know, why not use it to spread the truth um, throughout the world? Yeah. And nowadays, a lot of people who aren't going into churches, they're, they're trying, they're going to consume their content somewhere, whether it's church, whether it's Google, whether it's YouTube, Facebook. So why not put our message in front of people who are needing it the most? Yeah. Now, how many views do you have on YouTube? You got tens of millions. I'm sure. Do you have hundreds of millions? Uh, Total views right now is this number just boggles my mind, but it's 46 million last I checked of just total views. Um, And in terms of subscribers, uh, it's at last I checked 619,000 subscribers, which that's crazy. I never ever ever uh, believed that was possible when you start out at zero, as everyone else does. I mean, you don't you don't even think about those type of numbers at all. You never do, you know. Right. Uh, I wanted did it to take you to get one? Because it took me about six months to get one subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> it takes it takes some time. I'm telling you. I remember celebrating, like when I when we got our first hundred subscribers. I was so pumped. I was so excited. I was like wow, a hundred people in this world believed in me enough to press that button and subscribe. And I was super excited about that. Like a hundred people is not a small number. That's a lot of people, you know? Uh, Um, Yeah, and it just kind of grew from there. God's been so faithful. He's been so faithful. What was it like when you first, so you you
0: just straight jumped from your engineering job into this or or did you? was there like a transition period where you kind of slowly exited out?
1: Yeah, so uh, I... Started um, college in 93, graduated with my master's in 98. Thought that I was going to be an engineer and um, kind of go the corporate route. And then in 1998, uh, actually 2000, after well, actually 1998, I got a, a position at Ford Motor Company as an engineer. And um, really, it wasn't a horrible position, but right around that time, I was just really developing and kind of learning my calling as a a teacher, as a a Bible communicator or whatnot. And I got my first chance to preach and teach a Bible study. And it was at that moment that I just knew like, okay, this may not pay a whole lot of money, but this is what I ultimately want to do with the rest of my life. And when I compared that confirmation or that sense of fulfillment and passion and calling with what I was experiencing at the job, it was like a no brainer. It's like, okay, this is what I need to do. So it's at that point in 2000 that I actually quit my career as an engineer and pursued uh, my seminary education here at Dallas Theological Seminary. And I never ever looked back really at the engineering. Um, I did work a part-time engineering job while I was in seminary just to kind of pay my way through, but really I kind of turned my back on it um, shortly thereafter. And it's been ministry ever since and then after seminary I actually started teaching high school math uh, because I wasn't like full-time on staff at a church so I was teaching high school math for 11 years and then in 2017 is when I finally after all this time was able to go full-time in ministry and and uh, in entrepreneurship so You're living it's the been dream, a journey you live in the dream now, trying, I
0: look I look forward to it and there's it's such a um... You know, I guess it's the wilderness period. is the way I look at it. You know, God takes you from your Egypt to your promised land, but that wilderness at times is, is taxing. It's not. Oh, yes. But if you don't quit, as the word says, you know, do not grow weary because, if, you know, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And that's what I look forward to because then you really are living the dream. You're doing something that you love, it's impactful for, for the kingdom for eternity, and you're getting paid, you know, right. so like. All the way around but so let's just dive into it um I, I was looking at some of your most viewed videos and uh two of them actually of your highest viewed videos was is uh sex before marriage should you or shouldn't you and where is sex before marriage clearly a sin in the bible so that's definitely something that i'm passionate about um mostly really kind of started down this journey myself and just real world experiences you know like i i was um, you know, a man whore. Um, and God called me and I just basically waited for selfish reasons. I thought God would give me a life if I didn't sin. So I was trying to be obedient to him. And I also wanted to, you know, fall in love. So I, I waited, I didn't understand the concept. And and after time, I really understood it, but, but it was, again, it was a lot of, it was through practical, uh, just through practical experience. So I'm curious to hear that. I have heard people push back on that to say, um, you know, that, that, uh, for whatever reason, they, they've tried to, um, make it like it was okay. They tried to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm talking about? They, they, they tried to justify, uh, justify it. Exactly. They tried mm-hmm. to justify why, why it was maybe, uh, a sin back then, but it is okay now. So I would love to hear you kind of break that down for some of our listeners.
1: Well, yeah, you know, and interesting, um, in terms of reasons why, um, well, first of all, from a biblical perspective, I think people are just looking for a loophole to kind of justify what they really want to do. And I think that's one of the things about people, um, you know, coming over to Christianity, it's always this fear of, okay, what am I going to have to sacrifice? What am I going to have to give up? What, what pleasure that I'm currently enjoying am I going to have to forego by being a a Christian and they don't realize that, okay, yeah, you're forgoing something, but you're, 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 you know, you're grabbing onto something or you're obtaining something so much greater, which is peace and, you know, God's blessings and favor on your life. So, you know, when people ask the question, well, where in the Bible does it clearly say, you know, that sex before marriage is wrong? I mean, it's, it's all throughout the new Testament where it says flee immorality, flee, flee useful, youthful lusts. Um, Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, all sorts of other scriptures. Uh, First Thessalonians 4 says every man should learn how to control his own body, not in dishonor as the pagans do. Um, You know, Jesus talks about if you look with a woman and, you know, look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your heart. I mean, there's so many different ones. Um, The Bible talks about, you know, immorality and and, uh, and, and all of these different things, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting how people will try to kind of justify uh, those things as well as, you know, um, just kind of come up with excuses for why they should still be able to do these things because they don't want to let them go. Yeah. Now, in terms of why it's something that I think we need to forego it's interesting growing up, and I don't know what your experience has been, but growing up, you know, it's typically always been taught that, hey, you know, don't get anybody pregnant, don't get any diseases. And, you know, those are pretty much the main things that people typically point to as the reasons why you shouldn't have sex before marriage. And for me growing up, that's kind of what I heard. It's like, don't bring any babies home and make sure that you understand that you could get some sort of disease. But nobody told me about all the different things like you know, if you have sex with somebody, then it could create some sort of emotional and physical soul tie to where you're thinking about this person five years later, 10 years later, or it's gonna cause comparisons when you get married and you're gonna, you know, be wanting to focus on having intimacy with your wife, but then you might subconsciously compare, you know, with, um, uh, you know, somebody that you used to be with in the past yeah. Or you know, just the, the guilt, the shame uh, associated with it. Sharing your past with someone else, and you know, all of those different things that come along with it. Your reputation, your your witness. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you know, yeah. I, I go to the verse in uh in the New Testament where it says, "Let no one be god uh, sexually immoral, or godless like Esau that traded his birthright for a bo- birth bowl of stew." So they he compares sexual immorality to esau's the story of esau and speaking from experience when i was out having sex i was not only was i drifting into relationships with the wrong people my first girlfriend was five years we had sex on the first date and we spent five years together and i was not in love i had a soul tie
1: yeah and when
0: we did break up i was in so i was so depressed that i reeled her back in and then we broke up again i tried to reel her back in a second time it yeah. was crazy um But so that soul tie thing is definitely real. And and then, but on top of that, what happens is when you're at, when you are out, you know, expressing uh, that sexual energy physically, you're just out, you know, having sex. You're not saying your best yes, is what I tell people. Then, you know, like you don't, in some weird way, you don't find your purpose is what I came to figure out. Because in the last 10 years, I've, you know, harnessed my sexual energy. And because I wasn't out getting hemmed up with the wrong girls, which is what I always did, I was able to focus all my time and energy on just moving the needle forward on the things that mattered most to me, you know, which was writing some books, starting a nonprofit that's going, you know, to, it required a lot of time and energy. If I was in these bad relationships, I wouldn't have had the, the time or the emotional bandwidth to, to pour into the, these things that I care about. And I think that that's what that verse means. You know, that that bowl of stew verse is you, you're not only going to probably miss out on your person, because you're going to choose the wrong person, but you're going to miss out on your purpose. And you, you know, for something very temporary, like a bowl of stew.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I I totally agree. Um, You know, Uh, I, I, once again, same with me, you know, is, um, I got married for those of you listening. I got married when I was 40 on my 40th birthday. So, um, you know, you were, sorry, were you a virgin up until then? No, 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 no. Unfortunately. I mean, I wish I was, I wish I was, but no, I, 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 um, I lost my virginity in high school. And unfortunately, you know, I went down a path of, of immorality there for a season. And, um, you know, um, really it wasn't until late in my college years where I really understood that, you know, I needed, this was a sin and, um, you know, I needed to repent of it. And, um, and so, uh, there was a season of time where, where, you know, I was uh, promiscuous. And then even after I came to Christ, you know, I struggled, um, you know, on some level. I had seasons of victory, and then I had seasons where I wasn't doing so well. You know, I'd go a long period of time, and I'm like celibate, and I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna rock it for Christ, and all this stuff. And then, you know, I'd have a relapse, you know, and I, I, it just kind of um, was a struggle, uh, throughout my 20s, throughout my 30s. And then I finally met my wife when I was 38, um, you know, and it was just one of those things where. Um, it was just a big blessing because, um, you know, I felt like, you know, being single and trying to, um, you know, really trying to honor God, um, in this world with all the temptations, it it was, you know, it's a challenge. No doubt. I think it's probably the hardest thing to do.
0: It is. Because you have to adjust your whole life for that one thing. That's why, you know, I I competed in bodybuilding years ago when I was in my early twenties. And, and when you get ready for a show, you you have to really limit like your activity. You can't go to certain places because you have to eat every so many hours. So you always have to have like certain food with you and then you have to get up early and do this amount of cardio and lift. And it's like your whole life is centered around that one decision. That's how it is when you decide that you're going to wait to have sex until marriage. Like I can't be around women alone. I can't go to certain places because I might fall in sin. scent. Like my whole life is structured yeah. around this one thing. Yeah. It, it is probably... I think it might be the, the hardest thing which it seems like even in the church there's a lot of sexual sin because it is that hard to give up it's like the last
1: thing people want to give up exactly exactly people can give up drugs they can give up smoking they give up drinking they give up partying they give up inappropriate music cussing it's yeah cussing that's yeah exactly easy stuff. yeah <laughs> that's easy because none of those are natural god-given desires i mean like the desire to be intimate the desire to have sex is a as a physiological. I mean, it's just a natural desire that God wants us to have in the confines of marriage. But, you know, I think that's the one of the main reasons why it's the most difficult one for us to give up because it's not an unhealthy desire. It's just, it's just not, it's misplaced until, you know, or we're not able to express that desire until the, you know, we get married. So. Right. And that's, that's
0: why it works so well. I tell people why marriage, waiting to have sex, until marriage works so well, it's because as bad as I want the pleasure of sex, which is really, you know, pretty bad. I equally don't want the pain of divorce. So like when I meet women, I'm like, man, I'd like to, I'd like to. And then I'm like, would you sign the contract? The marriage contract? And I'm like, no. And I saw, so I'm like, all right, I'll wait. And then you wait. And then in that process, it's that tension. And that tension, that's where like diamonds are formed. And that's where all these great things come out of your life. It sucks, to be honest, because, you know, it, it, it's that tension that you have to like live in and manage, but uh, it definitely, it definitely works. So another one of your videos that I, I saw that I know people want to hear your thoughts on was, is masturbation a sin? Hmm. So yeah. that's something that I've, uh, I believe it's a sin. I don't, I know there's not a lot of biblical um, support and maybe you're going to school me on something I don't know about. But I, I go back to the whole, um, you know, if you lust after a woman in your mind, how you commit adultery in your heart. So I think, you know, if, if you're going to climax, you're probably thinking about something, either that you did or something, whatever, yeah. you shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, I, always think, I always think the standard is, you know, definitely not pornography, but not even masturbation, in, in, even in your mind. Um, but that's, that, you know, however, I tell people, uh, it's better than going out and having sex with someone, you know. Not to say that you you, you know you should do the one thing in replacement of the other, but it would right. be better than that. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I think we're pretty much aligned there because you know I um uh, you know it's my belief that you're right. The Bible doesn't say anything explicit about you know touching oneself, pleasuring oneself. I mean, people try to point to Genesis thirty-eight with Onan, but that has nothing to do with spilling a seed on the ground has nothing to do with masturbation that's amazing that people even look at that anymore he was just not wanting to you know he was not wanting to um have a child by his brother's you know wife and so that he wouldn't you know jeopardize his inheritance so he spilled a seed on the ground but he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't playing with himself right so people need to stop using that as an example but um you know because of that once again as we mentioned earlier this is an area where i think a lot of people try to say well the bible doesn't say anything about masturbation so therefore you know it's something that we're able to do but once again the bible is very clear about lust you know job 31 1 i've made a covenant with my eyes that i would not look lustfully you know upon a woman and of course as jesus said you know if you look at a woman and with lust you've already committed adultery in your heart So. I mean, if we just want to split hairs and just be technical in terms of the scriptures, I guess if you can masturbate without having one single lustful thought, then maybe, maybe.
0: I've tried it and it's not very
1: enjoyable. (laughs) It's not enjoyable and it's not, it's not possible to be honest with you. And it's like, exactly. So, you know, and so I, I mean, I guess, but The reality is that our minds are going to want to fantasize. Our minds are going to want to go in that direction. And and as a result, right away, as soon as you start lusting or God forbid for people who are incorporating any sort of pornography or soft porn or whatever it is that you want to look at an image or whatever, then you're lusting at that point. And that is a sin. And so, uh, but not only that, I always tell people that it's not just, Satan, our enemy is not just content with drawing us into one particular sin. He's always interested in taking us to that next level. Right. So, um, I think one of the main things that Satan does is tempts us with sexual boredom. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, I've already done this. I'm tired of this now what's next. Right. Right. And at some point, you're going to get tired of just masturbating. At some point, your mind's going to be like, I want the real thing. Like, I want to experience this for real. All the fantasies that I'm having in my mind, like I want to experience those. And so um, I just think that um, it's one of those things that it's a slippery slope that you can go down because you're going to get tired of just doing that. After a while, you're going to want to live it out. And, uh, and that's kind of my perspective as well. I have another video that I talk about, is it a sin in marriage? But that's a whole nother conversation.
0: Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I think I, I've often said, you know a thought leads to a habit or a thought leads to an action and action leads to a habit habit leads to a character and a character leads to a destiny. But I, I've heard of people getting jammed up, you know, like they've got so perverted from watching pornography. Like you talk about, uh, you know, the devil always wants you to take you one step further. Where they were look like they, they were looking at some of the weirdest things i want to say like bestiality and like right. weird stuff because they had gone so far down yep that rabbit hole you know that it had to get it had to get more perverted more perverted yep. That's and right. I, I do i so i think that the standard is is nothing and i know like for me um it's like when i'm really good like i have a good stretch of time i mean Usually, I'm very productive. I'm getting things done. I don't. I believe in sex transmutation. I believe it's a real thing. I mean, there's a lot of evidence even around no fat about, um, you know, not, uh, you know, retaining your seminal seminal retention. But it's also like that. There's no shame. You no, know? there's no guilt associated. It's almost like, you know, I don't know if you've ever done like a strict diet. Like I, when I competed in bodybuilding, you know, you're eating really clean. You, you know, like you miss the food you do but the moment you eat it you're like damn why did yeah you-? like you're grabbing your you're pinching your fat on your stomach you're like yep you automatically you're like damn i shouldn't have done it right so it's that's what i think it is it's like if you're expressing your sexual energy or your sexual gift as some people call it in any way besides with your 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 marriage partner then i feel like that you're you're missing
1: the mark for sure Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it feels good leading up to the moment. And then, you know, I mean, let's just keep get real talk. I mean, as soon as as soon as as soon as we ejaculate, right. I mean, uh, there's a whole lot of things that change afterwards for us. I mean, even if you're having sex before marriage, and you're a Christian, and you know, this is wrong. I mean, the desire is so intense beforehand, but after, after you get what you want, and after you climax, I mean, you're sitting there, you're looking at the person in the bed and you're like, Oh man, what am I doing here? Like, I know God is watching me. I know God is upset. I know God is not pleased with what I'm doing. You know, I'm not planning on marrying this person. So I've just violated her, you know, and then there's the whole thing if she's now thinking that it's something more and you thought it was just something physical. Then now you have to that guilt on your, on your hands of, okay, how do I explain to her that I'm not really interested in a relationship? And, She's thinking, I just gave my body to this guy and he's he's a Christian guy. So I'm sure he's looking for something more like a commitment. And then you just, it just muddies the waters in so oh. many different ways, man.
0: It really totally. does. There's so many women that are in my, the organization. So I started something called City CityFam uh, a few years ago, kind of like a parachurch ministry of sorts. And um, there's so many women that are in leadership. Some of them are really good looking too. And I'm like the old me, would have had sex with some of these girls and then they would have been gone out of my life for what? 20 minutes of fun. Now they're like these huge blessings to me, helping me achieve everything that I ever wanted. And it, because I learned how to manage this appetite, if I hadn't learned it, you know, I tell men, I'm like, 50% of the population are going to be women. You're going to have to figure this out. If you're going to want to achieve the things you want most in life, you have to figure it out. No doubt. So okay, another one of your videos, and this is something I'd love—I'd love personally just to hear you talk about—is oral and anal sex a sin in marriage? This is one of one of your top few videos. Yeah. So I, I, my belief, I guess, is—I'll just throw it out there—I want to hear what you guys say. I guess I believe that oral would be okay within marriage, I would imagine, but then anal, I'm like, that's where you know I think maybe it's sin. Now I've heard other people come back and say um, you know, basically that your partner's body is, is, as long as they're both consent, you know, consenting, then I've heard people, Christians say, it's okay. That anal sex is okay with your wife, which, you know, if she's into it and you're into it, that that's okay. And I, I guess I don't know what to tell people. If they ask me, I'm like, that's kind of above my, my pay grade, I think. Um, yeah. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, once again, I think we're, we're very much aligned there. So, I mean, we're all, Um, I think it's very hard to make any sort of biblical argument to say that, um, you know, that is prohibited or there's something in the Bible. I I don't, I just don't know where people are getting these ideas that, you know, missionaries, the only position you should have sex and oral sex is prohibited. Like, I I don't know where biblically people are pulling, maybe it's because there's, there's, there's no biblical, I've read the Bible several times and, you know, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where, matter of fact, you know, you could easily make a case for, you know, um, that there are verses in Song of Solomon and Book of Proverbs that that communicator suggests that it's it's something beautiful, right? So for that one, I just don't see uh, as being uh, much of a, um, a debate, um, you know, but obviously, you know, if your partner's not comfortable with it, then you have to kind of explore, like, Okay, why not? Or you know, let's let me be respectful and loving to only do what my partner is, um, uh, you know, my spouse. I should just probably just, uh, you know, we live in this world where everybody wants to say partner, partner, partner. Like, okay, this is my spouse, right? I mean, like, you know, because partner, everybody's like PC because it could be two men and two women. Like, no, spouse, right. opposite sex spouse to be clear. But um, the anal one, I think, is definitely a lot more difficult to tie down because. Um, you know, and people will try to point to like Sodom and Gomorrah in the old Testament, but that, that was really more so not necessarily talking about anal sex as much as it was homosexuality, because you had two men that were penetrating men and, you know, dishonoring the sexual code that God had set it forth, which is a man should not lie with another man. So I think it's hard to point to the Sodom and Gomorrah and be like, okay, because that's, you know, um, you know, sodomy or whatever, then, you know, that shouldn't be expressed in marriage. Um, I think this is definitely one, I mean, there's obviously some, some some scientific evidence that, um, you know, it can uh, cause some uh, health issues uh, down the road, um, you know, obviously. Um, So I think this is one of those things where every couple has to determine their comfort level, uh, with that. And I just don't know once again, because I'm a, I'm a by the book Bible guy. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't point to any scriptures that says, you know, a man should not, you know, <laughs> lie with a woman and in this way, in this fashion. Um, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I like personally, it. personally for me, I'll pass on it, <laughs> you know, personally, because it's, it's just that's just personal but it's just not your thing yeah exactly you know i don't have any problem making that public but you know and
0: no that's cool You, in a lot of ways we are the same i feel like i'm fairly liberal when it comes to things that aren't in the bible you know like i'm pretty i'm by the book i'm a fundamentalist when it's you know i don't try to do i don't try to negotiate even like you know sex before marriage or any of that stuff um but there are things that I think are disputable matters, as the word says, and I'm like, I don't think. Like I, I cuss fairly regularly on social media, even, because I'm like, it's not the word to me; it's the intent of the word. If I call you a dumb dumb, that's going to be way worse than me stubbing my toe and saying shit. It just is. It means mm-hmm. nothing, you know. It's a word that someone invented. Uh, I don't know how many ever years ago, and they, and somebody said if you put these four letters in this, uh, this particular order, that it's a cuss word. Like I don't. Okay, I mean. Right. Like, right. scubula, I don't know if you know this, but scubula, the word scubula is in the Bible, which is a very vulgar term for animal excrement. Yeah. all, yeah. all used it, and it's basically the equivalent of the word shit. So I'm like, if that can make it into the Bible, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that we can use words for emphasis if we need them. You yeah, know? that's
1: what Philippians 3, where he talks about, you know, I I consider all things as dung. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the, for the surpassing knowledge of Christ. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I, I like, so I like that stance. You're, 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 you're pretty liberal on, uh, if, it, if it's not in there, you're like, yeah. oh, no, that, that's, that's good. Um, so what do you tell singles about how to stop falling into sexual sin?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I think the, the first thing is we gotta make sure that we, um, you know, don't continue to put ourselves in situations where we know we are gonna be strongly tempted in that area. I can remember whenever I was single, you know, um, like there was times whenever I would like invite a young lady over to my house and I, for the intent of not necessarily for the intent of having, you know, being physical with them or anything, but um, you know, renting a movie, you know, it's late, you know, hey, you know, oh, your shoulders are sore. Let me give you a back rub, this, that, and the other, you know, and it was it was like hugged up on the couch, know and it's just very very conducive to things going too far even if it doesn't go all the way to sexual intercourse um which for me most of the time it didn't but it was a lot of times unfortunately things went too far you know and that's another thing like when you're single i know for me you know i went through you know a seasons where i was trying to justify like okay lord i'm not having intercourse but i'm i'm still doing these other things over here and i took a lot of pride in the fact that i could say oh i went two years three years four years five years you know without having any intercourse but then like okay but was i really sexually pure because there's a right. difference between abstinence and sexual purity abstinence is just okay i haven't done the act of having sex right. but sexual purity is okay am i making out with this girl am i fondling Are we having oral sex are we doing all these things you know and i can't say like i was perfectly you know perfect in those areas for all the time i was single but you know, not putting yourself into situations, um, not feeding your mind with all the things that are going to want to make you do that. Like, for instance, looking at Instagram profiles and stuff like that, like that's not porn, but it's might as well be because, you know, you got these Instagram models that are half naked and you can just sit there all day and just scroll on their pictures. And it just feeds your mind with, wow, I wonder what it would be like to be with her, you know, sure. and then it just triggers a thought which then, you know, leads to an action or something of that nature and, and the enemy's crafty in that way. So, um, you know, and also that I think a huge thing is getting somebody getting with somebody who's like-minded, right? I mean, like if you get with somebody else who's a believer who's just as convicted about this than you as you are, then the two of you are fighting this battle together when you're dating. And you have the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in them. And, you know, you all are both really working hard to try to, um, to abstain. But if you get yeah. somebody who doesn't have those same convictions, then all it is, is they're going to be waiting for you to have a weak moment. And then Absolutely. they're just going to pounce, you know? <laughs> so, That's what I, tell, I
0: tell people about being unequally yoked. I'm like, imagine if you're with somebody and every chance they get, they're trying to stick their hand down your pants. How long do you think it's going to be? How long can you really hold that down? Before eventually, you know, you came. Because I know when I start dating, I'm, there's probably going to be times when I'm weak and she'll have to be strong for me. And then vice versa, I'll have to be strong for her in order for us to make it to the altar. Because I don't see any way one person's going to be strong enough for both of us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I then,
0: think, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I really concur, the boundaries are key. I, You know, I uh, when I recommitted myself to uh, celibacy... I rededicated my life to God back in 2011, I think it was. Um, I was very outspoken that I was going to do it and why I believed it was in my best interest. And then like three years into it, I had a girlfriend over the house. We were watching a movie. Never even made it. Never, never even held a girl's hand. Nothing. We were, we were attracted to each other, but we had never even held hands. And we started making out and just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't grab the emergency brake. And that we end up having sex. And after that, I didn't I didn't spend time alone with a female for like five years, four years, yeah. something like that. Or I just would not even let myself be around them alone. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know what could happen, you know? Exactly. And that's you have to take it that seriously because Yeah. You know, the consequences put, and many times will be the same as if you didn't
1: try, you know, and and trying won't get you there. Yeah, you can't put you can't put you can't put your trust in your flesh. Like you can't you can't you can't trust that okay, I'll be okay, you know, we'll just watch this movie, you know, or, you know, like, no, I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, you're setting yourself up for, you know, you're setting yourself up for a serious, serious temptation. And I think another thing too is, you know, I'd like to see more men, Christian men, get more serious about marriage and about finding a wife because, I mean, at the end of the day, the easiest way to stop fornicating is to get married, you know, and obviously you don't want to get married just for that. I mean, it took me 40 years to find my wife, but um, you know, I think a lot of guys that I know, they're just not seeking, they're not serious about trying to find a wife. They're just kind of passively kind of trying to hope that maybe God will send them the right person. And they're not really aggressive about it. I think that's one of my biggest frustrations with a lot of my single friends is that they're just not aggressive about it. And I'm like, I mean, do you just want to either fornicate or jack off for the rest of your life? Like, excuse my French, but like, sure. seriously, like, is that what you want to do? Like, don't you ever want to enjoy guilt-free, passionate sex the way yes. God intended it? Like, Yes, I say that all the time, guilt-free sex.
0: People are yeah. like, why do you gonna get married? I'm like, companionship and guilt-free sex. So what do you, how do you do that? Because I'm curious to hear you know, I, I feel like I have good discernment. I've been waiting for God to kind of give me the green light on when to date, but when you feel the time is right to date, how do you aggressively pursue that? What do you suggest? Is it dating profile? You get a, get a profile on like a Christian bingo or something like that? Or what do you suggest?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, whenever I was single, I, I definitely tried several different websites um, and I don't regret it, even though I didn't meet my wife on the, any of those websites we met at church. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it because if this, in this day and age, especially in the midst of a pandemic where everybody's working from home, everything is Zoom. I mean, at some point we have to get real and say, where am I going to actually meet somebody? I mean, yeah, I could put my faith in God all day. Right. But right. if I'm working from home and, you know, my church is shut down and I'm not going to church or I may go to a church where the options are limited, you know, or everybody at the church is pretty much married. Um, you know, where am I actually going to meet someone? Am I just going to rely on running into them at Walmart or seeing some pretty girl on aisle 13? Like, Hey, what's your name is? You know, like, like, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to find a way to meet people. Um, and I see online dating as, I mean, we do everything else. We do everything else online. You know, um, we do everything else online. We shop online. We do Amazon online. We, we meet online well, what's wrong with meeting somebody else, um, online, you know, and, um, so I don't personally see anything wrong with that, but also, you know, if, if you are at a church that has a singles ministry, get involved, go to certain events and activities and things like that, and then get involved in ministry. So you can observe, you know, this yeah. young lady or this, this young man, or let him observe you and kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Um, uh, I think, you, it's you know, great.
0: No, I think, and I think that that's going to give you community too. And when we, you know, to go back to the question of how do you keep from falling into sexual sin, when you have community, it, it's, it makes it a lot easier. The first six years I was a Christian, I didn't have great community. I, I isolated a lot. I saw a lot of movies. I was basically just trying not to sin. Um, and it was miserable. Yes. And, and eventually I did sin. You know, I yeah. fell back into my, my old lifestyle because miserable. I was just so freaking bored. Um, but when you have community at least you have like things to look forward to on the weekends you got you know people to hang out with and you're not desperate you yeah. know so you're not gonna you know get on to create maybe create a tinder profile just <laughs> just for the sake of having it right because you're like can't sit home again on another friday night and watch you know cobra Kai or whatever um but no i definitely think community helps in that area as well so you, know,
1: you, you bring up a good point because whenever I was single, I had a phenomenal group of friends and we were all single. Many of us are still married. I mean, Many of us are married now. Some are still single, but we used to do things every weekend and whether it was bowling, whether it's go to the movies, whether it's go out to dinner. And it really filled that gap of just sitting at home on Friday and Saturday night, feeling sorry for yourself and feeling sad. I mean, so many of us we would, you know, text the group like, hey, does anybody want to go catch a movie this week? And five or six people would be like, yeah, I'm not doing anything, let's do it. And it just filled that, that loneliness gap and it was really yeah. it had a lot of fun, you know, you know, allowed us to have a lot of fun together and hold each other accountable as well.
0: That really is the premise of CityFam. You know, like what, what, what we do is we do social and service events, uh, keep us on the right track, keep people from going back to maybe some bad behavior. But also what we found is a lot of people meet, they meet the Lord through it because we'll, we'll invite them to like a movie or, or maybe we're even going to a bar or whatever, you know, and we have accountability because we're there together, but then they'll jump on these things because it's, it's not like, oh, a church event, for example, they might not be ready for that. And then, but they, they get around us and they like it, they feel the Holy Spirit or they just feel something different than they're used to, and next thing you know, they just kind of start moving with us. And next thing you know, they're in church. They get mm-hmm. saved, and their whole life changes. And it's it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. So, how do you know if you're ready to date? That'd be my next question. Yeah, I feel like I feel like God's kind of been stirring me up. Like I, I feel like he's kind of telling me to get my my toe back in the water. Yeah. Uh, but how do you really know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think um, for, for a man, from a man's perspective, um, I think there's several things that, you know, we need to look at. Um, Number one, you know, um, am I at a place where I am serious about wanting to get married? Because in my mind, if I'm just looking to date and I'm not interested in courtship that leads to marriage, then I don't think I'm ready to date because we know that's just going to turn into heartbreak hurting some young lady because most christian women are looking to get married specifically the older that they get you know their biological clock is ticking they want to get married so they don't want to waste time with a guy who's going to mess around with them for a year and then he's never been serious so i think the first thing a guy needs to do is check his motives and say okay am i really ready for marriage or am i still playing around okay so if he can check that box and say okay yeah i'm ready for marriage then it's like okay um have I really dealt with, you know, any sort of major baggage that I have in my life? Doesn't mean we have to be perfect, because I don't believe that I'm not one of these people that you have to bring a perfect self into a relationship, into a marriage, because that's not going to happen. But if we know that we have some major, major addiction, or something of that nature, that could really be destructive and damaging to our, our marriage. I think it's something that we have to really give some consideration to, because we don't want to bring that in or have to share that major secret with the, with this woman that we love. So, you know, taking that seriously as well. And then another thing is like financially, I mean, I don't think a man has to be rich, but I think we have to consider like, am I in a position financially to be able to, um, you know, yeah, provide and and take care of my family the way more than likely this woman is going to want me to. And then also looking at, you know, am I in a position where I can spiritually lead my family? you know, prepare yourself now to be a spiritual leader so that, you know, when that woman comes along, you know, you'll stand out from the other men that she's probably dated that are just interested in physical. But, you know, when you can pray with her and, and um, you know, talk about sermons that you guys have, you know, watched at church together or do a devotional together, it's just really going to set you apart and enable you to, to really be, you know, the husband that God really wants you to be as well. So, you know. Um, oh, yeah, great. I feel like I feel like
0: I, I checked off all the boxes. My well, my finances are starting to improve. That was been like the last piece for me. That's really helped me back from dating. If I'm honest with myself. I mean, I've been working really hard on the vision that God gave me all my time. I literally spend 14 or 15 hours a day in the office. So I don't have a lot of time. And then I didn't have money on top of it. Yeah. So it was like, I just, I'm not even gonna go there. And now things are starting to, to turn a little bit. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll get back out there, but I do think it's important to, uh, to be able to provide, you know, to have your finances, at least in some, some kind of order. Um, but also what about purpose? Cause I think that that's something that I've talked a lot about, where I have to look at Adam and Eve and you know how Adam got the job before he got Eve, you know, named the animals. Is it, do you think it's important to kind of have an idea of at least of what your purpose is before you get the person? Cause I see a lot of people get this backward, And then they don't ever find their purpose. But I think part of it's because you either marry the wrong person or you, because you didn't harness that sexual energy long enough to let it do its thing and kind of help you navigate to your reason for being on this planet.
1: That's super important because you want to give this woman something to follow, right? I mean, God is calls women to be our helpmate, but what is she helping you create? How, what is she helping you achieve? What goal is she helping you reach? You know, and so, you know, it's very, very helpful. Like when I met my wife, I told her like, hey, you know, I'm going to be in ministry full time. I need somebody to help me get there, you know, and it was very clear. If I had no idea what my purpose was, then, you know, I could get married to this person, find my purpose, and then realize that this person that I married isn't aligned well with what I want to do. Right. You know, and it's not her fault. It's because I didn't really know what God was really leading me to do. And so now I'm stuck in this marriage where, this woman, you know, she she wanted she married me with the idea that I was going to be some sort of big corporate guy, and now I'm like, no, nah, I want to go and be a missionary over in Africa and live in a hut, you know. Right. She's like, I didn't sign up for that. Like, I think it's only fair to have some idea of what it is God has called you to do.
0: All right, last question. I know you got to get off of here. How many times have you been told you look like Denzel Washington?
1: Hey, man, <laughs> almost, almost every almost almost every time i go out of the house there's somebody that makes a joke about it and my wife always laughs whenever somebody comes up to me and they're like did anybody ever tell you well like, oh here we go again right so, yeah that we, i get that all the time uh, you know i never say that about myself my wife never says that about me but apparently other people do which is he's so good, funny he's a, he's a handsome man so it's not a bad i was about to say i'll you know i'll take it it could be worse people it could be worse people you know now, let me give you one more bonus question and I'll let sure you think
0: you think we're living in the end times.
1: You know what? I, I, I think so. You know, but the, the thing that's difficult about that is the Bible says that, you know, a thousand years is one day in the Lord's time, you know, and so, um, you know, I could be like, yeah, I think we're living in the end times based on all the signs that, you know, um, the Bible talks about, you know, different things that are going to happen. People are going to stray away from the faith. They're going to fall away this that and the other um you know but a lot of the things that we see now have been happening over the past hundred years you know 200 years or whatever so i do think that we're living in the end times but in terms of the god's exact timetable you know just just hard to pinpoint that obviously it's impossible for us to pinpoint that but i think things are definitely trending in that direction for sure
0: yeah i'd say so too yeah everything is happening with uh COVID and um, there's a bunch of stuff I heard about in Israel that seems very prophetic, but uh, it's a whole nother road we can go down. So tell, tell me what are you excited about? Um, wh- where can people find you? All your, your website, your social media handles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, home base for me is alanparr.com, uh, allenparr.com. A L L E N P A R R.com. You know, it's there that I've, you know, have a lot of different things going on uh, whether it's training, whether it's free resources for people to download, uh, I've got some online courses that I'm super excited about right now. Um, you know, one of which it teaches people how to study the Bible, another one that helps people grow their YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Creators for Christ. And um, that's just really all about, you know, me trying to help train people to, to build, launch and grow a Christian YouTube channel. And then I have another course that really, um, it's called Monetize Your Message. It really just talks about how to earn an income from ministry so you can be full-time so i'm super excited about those things but also people can find me on youtube as well um youtube.com for slash the beat agp or they can just search the beat with alan parr on youtube and uh hopefully subscribe hopefully they'll enjoy the content
0: yeah definitely subscribe guys he puts out great content multiple videos a week Uh, and i'll put the links down in the show notes for everybody but uh man. great having you on. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom, Alan. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, appreciate it, Rob. Look forward to doing it again next time. Absolutely.